WTEL podcasts are powered by Stanley Steamer Air Duct Cleaning, Delaware's clean air experts. Call 1-800-STEAMER. And uh, senators questioning President Trump's comments about Brett Kavanaugh's accuser. But White House spokesperson Sarah Huckabee Sanders says the president was just stating facts. And earlier, you had Kellyanne Conway likening uh, Dr. Ford to being a Fabergé egg who had not been shattered by the administration. So, interesting. Uh, in this battle over Judge Kavanaugh's uh, situation, is it altering our politics further in a definitive way or just causing all sides to dig in even deeper? even greater polarization in America, and now maybe even more so between the sexes. Internationally known pollster John Zogby, founder of the Zogby International Poll, now has his John Zogby Strategies, author We Are Many, We Are One, live from Utica, New York. And John, uh, this is uh, a a wrinkle in the overall landscape, and it just reinforces what we already know, or will it have a definitive effect in some way? It's it's all three of of those. It's more, much more than a wrinkle, and it is definitive at least for the moment. This is the ultimate wedge issue. We, we've had wedge issues between Democrats and Republicans, conservatives and, and liberals. We've had a, a gender gap before. This is all of those combined. And essentially, uh, what's happening is that the Me Too movement is uh, and Donald Trump uh, together are are generating an enormous amount of interest in voting among women, particularly young women. Um, That bodes well for the Democrats, but at the same time, uh, the more women seem to be energized by both Me Too and by the the power of their vote in 2018, it's hardening um, uh, the the feelings among men and among conservatives. And so... There's hardly anybody out there that doesn't have an opinion on this, and it seems like there's hardly anybody out there who isn't going to vote on this issue. But I'm just wondering whether there's a potential uh, effect where a man who is otherwise fairly liberal progressive, but maybe has a friend who went through a bad divorce and uh, uh, a friend was uh, accused of many, many different things, even child abuse by an ex-wife, was later exonerated, whether it, in that kind of a strange way it, it could resonate among men who are not necessarily necessarily conservative otherwise well uh yeah I, I, there are a number of variables that go into this mix uh, you're hearing different language than you've heard before the other day kellyanne conway was being interviewed on on cnn and said that she had had a problem with with sexual assault and immediately the male moderator said i'm so sorry that you went through that uh in previous years or months you wouldn't have heard a guest say that, and you certainly wouldn't have heard a male moderator apologize you know, for society and for all men. This is a, a defining issue, not only in this election, but for our times. And um, you know, essentially, those who are living through it are, are suffering through it. Um, men who may not have done anything but uh, uh, are, are victims of accusations, on the other hand, men who may have done the worst 
uh, and yet you have a rallying cry among men, which is what you heard from the president. Well, but, certainly we know. We've had men who were identified with liberal causes who have been accused and for which there's been corroboration. Certainly men associated with conservative causes. But liberal Hollywood, as progressive as it is, we've shown uh, repeatedly uh, how there's been all kinds of abuse there. But my question now is, John, and this is prompted by an article by a young woman in uh, Politico who identifies herself as a conservative to the extent that in the Supreme Court battle, Me Too is identified with liberals and progressives. Does it diminish the power of the Me Too movement if it seems identified with one side of the political spectrum and not across the spectrum? Because as Kellyanne Conway attests, uh, yeah, uh, anybody can be victimized. doesn't matter whether they're conservative or liberal. But again, that identification right now in the Kavanaugh battle with the left. The dust will settle on this, Alan. Right now, we're in the eye of the storm. And in the eye of the storm, there's no middle ground and there's no nuance. How this all plays out, I don't know. But complicating things, you also have the case of, of uh, Asia Argento, um, a woman who actually was one of the founders right. of, of the Me Too movement, who, who had her sexual uh, assault charges raised against her. Um, this is so hard to figure out where it's all going to ultimately play out, except the conversation has changed. It is having a tremendous impact bringing both sides out in, um, in an off-year election, yeah. uh, and it has changed our conversation. Now, let me get to another angle wrinkle, because I always like to explore all these things with you, John. Uh, sure. Uh, well, let's assume I, I will never be able to prove uh, definitively uh, Judge Kavanaugh's guilt or innocence. But just the notion that he, as a young white male from an upper-class background, uh, almost could feel uh, that he could get drunk uh, habitually and not worry about the consequences that rich folks would get you out of the jam with uh, uh, within the court system if necessary, and rich parents would look the other way. And, I mean, this idea that a lot of the rest of us who were not of such privilege, we had to work our buns off to get where we are. We couldn't get drunk like that in high school, but that there's an entitled uh, class of young men and maybe some young women who felt uh, they could do this with impunity. Does that create something that somebody could exploit politically? Forget, apart from the sex part. major subtext here. Yeah. Major subtext. Look at how um, working people, working class people, identify with a a self-styled claimed billionaire in the White House because he's a rule breaker and he appears to be one of them. And on the other hand, Judge Kavanaugh does not appear to be one of, of them. However, they'll support him because he's conservative and because he's a fellow male. Um, it really is complicated and at the same time um yeah, you really the dust is just not settling yet yeah <laughs> they're just endless angles i got to get you on one other thing though president trump's way of of dealing with the world and trade conflicts now there's a, mm-hmm. a new agreement mexico canada uh of course we may need months or years to really sort through uh the upsides and the downsides but apparently uh it's going to be good news for u.s and mm-hmm. canadian auto workers uh maybe yeah. not so good for the manufacturer of cars in in North America anymore. Uh, But is that the sort of thing, apart from conservative judiciary, uh, that that potentially works in Trump's favor uh, going into the next election? Absolutely. You know, uh, just look at it. Step aside and look at it. Here's a guy who promised certain things and appears to be delivering on those things. And meanwhile, the backdrop is 
the economy is playing out very, very well. Low unemployment, wages are climbing up, high GDP growth. This is what the president is going to want to talk to. Now, ironically, I would have thought that he'd throw Kavanaugh under the bus and say, look, at going into November, uh, I would um, uh, uh, I, I, I would definitely like to be talking about the economy. But frankly, I don't think he cares about who wins in November or not. If the Democrats take control, you've got a fighter now, a president who's going to run against Congress and tout his own accomplishments. Yeah, uh, and probably that that seeming attitude that I, he doesn't give a blank is, is what propels his popularity among his base and even among some who maybe voted for him uh, with mixed emotions. Hey, he said it himself, and he was prophetic. He probably could kill somebody and if, uh, at, at noon on Fifth Avenue and get away with it. One thing, uh, international affairs, Middle East, and uh, mm. and all of that, uh, I mean, it's really evaporated from our headlines. But the yeah. notion uh, that he is playing uh, America so close to the Netanyahu government and to the Saudis and so much uh, to try to uh, get at Iran, that all sense of proportionality has evaporated. Uh, I'm just going to repeat what you said. All sense of proportionality has has evaporated. Middle East is a tinderbox. It's worse today than it was. Um, And the fact of the matter is the United States now can make no claim to be an honest broker of of any kind. And that includes both being pro-Israel and being pro-Saudi and and anti-Iranian. It's actually, to a large degree, hard to imagine this, but it's it, it, it is in our interest to be balanced there. Um, if you want a, a revolution in Iran, you want to enable the middle class. You don't want to undercut the middle class. And by taking exclusively the Saudi-Israeli side, he's making things worse. That's a whole half-hour discussion. <laughs> okay. It sure is. I, I, I'm sorry. I just want to cover a few different things. John, thank you as always. It's always good to talk to you. Take care. Take care. International pollster John Zogby, now with his uh, John Zogby Strategies, live from Utica, New York.